Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Amigos Answers. Uh, in Amigos Answers, we answer your questions, uh, your being our Discord community's questions. Yeah. So let's cut right into it. Let's get right to the chase. I didn't study for this. Is that okay? Pixels at Dawn asks, what is your favorite game world? Any format. If you could exist in any game world, what would it be? Oh, geez. Why don't you answer that first? Give me a second on that one. Uh, for me, it's definitely uh, Persona 4. The hell is that? Uh, this is a Japanese role-playing game where you are a student, a high school student in a small Japanese town. Uh-huh. And uh, it's just, a, it's a, you know, I loved living in Asia. <laughs> and uh, playing that game just brought me back. There's a lot of cool things about living in, uh, of course, I was in South Korea, but it's very similar. And uh, I, I would just love to live in the world of Persona 4. I want to go to a whole different direction, but Okay. And this is a geeky answer, I'll admit it. But I would love to live in the Tron universe. That was awesome, man. You get a cool glowing outfit. All the chicks are in skin-tight glowing outfits. You just go like that, and you're on a motorbike. You're driving tanks around. You wouldn't get, like, ice cream cool music, the neon. The cool music from Daft Punk going on. Oh, so you want the Neutron. I want it all. Not Tron Classic. No, yeah, the Neutron, yeah. The Neutron style. Although the Tron Classic had La that Lacey Underall in it, so she was... I liked her, too. So. Her last name was really... Her, well, her name is Lacey she was the Underall? She's the chick from... Uh, she was the chick from... Uh, 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 Gosh, I lose my mind. The golf movie with the uh, yeah, that's it. She was in that. So yeah, she was in Tron too. Okay. Bruce Boxleitner too. I could talk to him. He was the captain on the uh, Babylon Five. You want to hear something crazy? Yeah. Bill Bixby is the Hulk before he hulks up. Well, duh, I knew that. But he's the guy in the Apple Dumpling Gang. Well, Bill Bixby's been in tons of stuff. Really? Remember the courtship of Eddie's father? No. No. That sounds. It was a. Racy. It was a. It's not. It's not racy at all. You never heard of the courtship of Eddie's oh. father? Look it up. Though. Okay. Barkbit asks, are you into cars of any sort? What's your daily drivers? Gosh, cars. I'm not into cars. My daily driver is a 2006 Jeep Liberty. You it's know? a mean machine. Yeah. If I could have any car I wanted, you know what I always wanted was one of the original Batmobiles. That was a cool car. The Adam West Batmobile or turbines like the 40s to speed. Batmobile. I want the one like Adam West yeah. one with the big thing and the gimmick in the back. I used to go to these car shows and that car would be there. I met Robin at one of these mm -hmm. things. And I got the set beside the car. Oh man, what a car! I'll, do you have any pictures of you and Burt Ward together? I don't know. I don't think I've, I don't. I don't think so. I you should look so. through the albums just to make sure. That would be awesome. I'd be. I'd be bringing that out. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Nice guy, old Burt, Burt Ward. He wasn't broken by life at that point. <laughs> um, I am a car guy. Uh, I love cars, but I don't love fast cars. I'm not a speed guy, but I am a luxury car guy. I would love when I bought my last car. I seriously considered buying two cars that I, in hindsight, probably would have been horrible ideas. Yeah. One was a 2008 Volkswagen Phaeton. Okay. Which is like it's it's basically built on the uh, Rolls Royce drivetrain. It was released. It was it was Volkswagen's ultra luxury. What's it sedan. look? Does it look like a Volkswagen? It looks like a huge Passat. Okay. Okay. That's weird. Um. And uh, I also thought about buying a 1996 Bentley Continental, okay? Mm -hmm. And that's just, you want to roll around in a Bentley. However, the first uh, repair bill for the Bentley Continental would have yeah. been two to three times as much as the car cost. See, so. I, I always wanted like a 1977, like, 
Thunderbird. You know, the big, the thing that had like, it was as long as a house. Like the Smokey and the Bandit yeah, car. Yeah, I mean, because I, I love those cars. They have like a couch in them. Mm -hmm. You sit yeah. down on the couch and there's, you could have like 50 people piled yeah, into it. Pile them in. The trunk's as big as a house. I love those cars. My big head, my old roommate used to have one. And you'd walk around, you'd drive around town this thing, and people would just get out of your way. Yeah. It was like you're driving a tank or something through traffic. It was like, I'm not fooling this guy. But the problem with these things is, the gas it used was off oh, the yeah. charts. You yeah. know, that's the bummer. Yeah, I've that. never wanted like a, a Porsche 911 or a Lamborghini <laughs> or anything because I'm, I'm built for comfort, not speed. You know, my boss had a, one of these Jaguar Phantom touring cars. Yeah, very nice car. It was like a super antique and mm -hmm. that would be sweet. Yeah. The boss had like, I kid you not, he had like 30. Jaguars. Wow. He had big money back in the I day. I thought about yeah. getting a Jag too. We were very close to pulling the trigger on one. What kind of, what kind of colossal wad do you have sitting around? Those Jags ain't cheap, You'd brother. You'd be surprised how reasonable uh, like a five to ten year old Jag can be. <laughs> it ain't reasonable enough for your boy here. I can tell you that right now. Chris Folds asks, best and worst game controllers you have used? <laughs> The best is easy. My Wicco is uh, beyond now, reproach. When you say Wicco, there were many Wicco sticks. So which one are you? You know the Ergo to? stick. The Ergo stick. Yeah. You got to tell the folks at home. The Ergo stick is great. And also, it, describe the Ergo stick. Well, I've got the two sticks that are pretty much identical. One's a Wicco, and uh, the other one is a uh, I can't remember the name of it. It's a the Epics. Epics. Yeah, it's, it's Epics. right there beside you. That's right here. Here, yeah, here it is. I'm going to put this right on camera here. This stick is gold. Now, I prefer the Wicco because it's got this rubbery uh, casing to it, yeah. and it, you get a good grip on it. It's like a soft-touch rubber. Yeah, and but the, these sticks here, look at the way that thing fits your hand. I don't know if you can see that, but, I mean, it's like the extension of your hand, mm -hmm. man. I love it. Yeah. These sticks are gold, gold. And I they're micro-switched, too. Yeah, I do also like the cigar box you got. I mean, I use that quite a bit, the actually. Chupacabra. Yeah, that thing's really good. Good, I'm glad. Uh, <laughs> the worst choice I ever used... I really don't like the Jaguar stick. I think it's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. You know, I just praised it, but the Intellivision stick is uh, not good, and not it's just it doesn't it doesn't last. I'm gonna know? say any any stick that has that disc instead that's of the a D-pad. Yeah, that's, so that's the, the ColecoVision, well, the Intellivision. Yeah, the ColecoVision had a little controller, like a little like a nub on it. The, but it's still a disc well, that you're that, pressing that, in different directions. That, there, you know, I'll, I'll, I should also mention. Let's let's face facts. The worst stick that I ever used is the 5200 because that's just garbage. Because well, it's, it's, it's broken. It's just always one, broken. Yeah. So what, what, what about you? What do you like? Um, I really like the uh, PS2 controller. That's probably my all-time favorite because you can use it for anything. I mean, it's got the two analog sticks, so you can go modern. But the it's PS4 like, one's really good just because it's wireless. I love it too. The Bluetooth. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. Yeah. Um, really, all the Dual Shocks from the PS2 yeah. forward are, yeah, are good. Those are good. Uh, classic systems, I think you can't go wrong with the Super Nintendo. Once you go b before then, um, you know, I've got to say, you've sort of brought me around <laughs> on the old Epics stick. They're awful good. The only problem with that one is any game that requires a big rate of fire, your finger gets tired. That's true. Yeah. I will say, it's something else you can't really chew on this one like you did that other stick. The, yeah, that, the, the, old, the old one, if you want a little snack, you just bite the top off. The By the way, I can't, I can't leave out how horrible the N64 stick and the Game and the GameCube sticks are. The GameCube, just because the button assignments are idiotic, and the N64 stick is heavy, weirdly shaped, and only good if you need something like grapple a building. Well, you know, it's. It, I think that you're being too hard on the poor N64 stick. I think in its day, it wasn't as bad as it seems. I never now. liked that. Also, the CDI has a hideous joystick. You know, I will say that far far worse than any of the sticks that I mentioned is I really do not like 
uh, analog sticks that aren't self-centering. So like the craft sticks that you used to or get like with PCs, or I never used a Coco stick, but I imagine it's the same thing. Um, I, I've always hated those because you never know where you are on the thing. And with well, certain types of games, it's fine. But with the kind of games I like, they're no good. The Apple II sticks are like that too. When the Coco stick, and I think probably all of them are like this, you get used to that kind of stick that doesn't self-center. It is not perfect, but it's good for the games that support it. So, but I mean, but yeah, it's not that stick. The Black Beauties aren't known as being like top shelf joysticks. Now, the Deluxe is great, but yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. All right. Next up, we've got Ultra Mangus TCV. He says, I wouldn't mind an explanation of the Cloanto Hyperion companies and how they relate to Amiga and the collapse of Commodore and loss of Commodore's IP. Oh, God. You want to take this one, Aaron? No, I don't. <laughs> Listen, here's what you need to know, okay? Because, I listen, no one knows for sure. This is the most convoluted story of all the times. But they have a beef uh, over over trademark issues because when Commodore went under, their trademarks got spewed all over the place, right? And so that's what they're fighting over. They're sort of fighting. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, this was in the news, but a couple weeks ago, when they were getting ready to go to trial, they, got, they pushed the trial back. And then there was word on the street that these people were trying to come to an agreement. And then the last word on the street was, they didn't come to an agreement. It's trial time. So yeah. they're going to go back in again to this never-ending uh, situation. Yeah. Listen, and, and I know people that hate Cloanto. And uh, what's the fellow you interviewed that works over there? Mike Batalita. And who seems like a great guy, but they feel they don't like him. And I know people that don't th- that think Hyperion's in the wrong. I mean, it's this is one of those goofy, idiotic arguments that I'm not going to get involved in or even try to explain it's just too complex and bizarre but one thing you need to know is that they're going to go they're going to fight over this stuff and something's going to happen someone's going to get awarded something maybe there'll be a second trial who knows my advice to you is to stick stunt car racer in your amiga and just play it and not pay attention to it that'd be my guess i would love to give you a better explanation but i'm not qualified yeah well look tin mark had did a great video on this i would i would recommend going to him this is the perils of what happens when a company gets sold off and it sells different assets to different people this is this is what happens we just are seeing it now in the amiga community and it makes so little sense in this community because we're talking about such a small market that literally a growing no market one, a growing yeah. market and i mean there's i think there's there's money to be made but one thing this does is sour everyone well, in the, in the, a community. I, I when I when the court fees are paid after all this is said and done i'm not oh, sure yeah. how much money is going to be one made one thing's for sure the lawyers are getting that money that's yeah, what they are sure man Mr. Col- Mr. Cola says, do you have any LAN party memories? If so, what were some of your favorite games to play on LAN? What about you? You were, no, you were right there I in the LAN no, zone. Oh, no, really? I was never a PC gamer. Ever, ever, ever. Oh, well, I do have LAN parties. Oh, I mean, you could also link up Xboxes. And I never stuff, did that either. LAN party. Well, of, of course, I have linked up the Amigas uh, a few times back in the day, and that was fun. But as an actual proper LAN party... I remember distinctly when me and my buddy uh, Wes went to a computer show and bought network cards because at the time no one really needed them if you at home, and we networked up our computers. And I can tell you, we played the ever-loving crap out of Doom. It's cliched, but we played the crap out of this. And I knew my buddy Jig. We learned how to get him in on the mix. Is that his Christian name? Jig. It's not. Okay. But he knows who he is. Our good buddy, the Jigolo Jig. He, great cook, by the way, this guy. He would call us up, and he could join our LAN with his modem, and then we'd get together. Oh, man. And this guy would play 
all night long. I mean, I can't tell you, Doom was responsible for missing work and for sick days. This game was highly addictive when it comes to death matches, and we used to play them over and over and over, and eventually graduated to like stuff like uh, Carmageddon, and we'd also would play um, uh, Red Alert. What was the Command and Conquer Red Alert? The 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 first person one where you run around trying to plant the bomb. Mm-hmm. We played the heck out of that. Uh, so I can't remember the exact name of it. So yeah, I have a lot of land party. Now when it comes to like getting together with like 20 guys, I didn't do that. And because there weren't that many people that had the cards, they did have kiosks and stuff at the mall. You could do that, but I never really got into that. It just mm-hmm. I just never did it. But yeah, but in terms of a small gathering, we did it all the time. Yeah. Uh, Figgy CTZ asks, "What is the game you are most proud of completing?" Go ahead on that one. I'll have to ponder that. Yeah, the first Final Fantasy on the NES. <laughs> I took a video when I I brought my parents' camcorder down and I taped the screen. Yeah. And I and my my buddy Logan was there and it was it was a huge event because I'd played that game for hundreds and hundreds of hours. Yeah. I I've got nothing quite that elaborate. Uh, the games I'm the proudest of. I mean, I loved when I beat Wings, but that game is pretty much you can beat it. Um, I, I was real happy when I thought I beat Pitfall 2 a couple about a month ago. That was a real bummer. Uh, but I'd say probably, this, goes, this is a real lame answer, I'll be honest with you, but it's true. At lunch for like months, I was trying to beat Super Mario World, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, ha- I had a little handheld emulation of right. it. And I know for a lot of people, oh, I can crush that. Well, I'm not that, I'm not great. Plus, it was on a handheld. Right. It was on my, I was playing on my GP2X. Yeah. And but I finally beat that. That was a very proud moment when I beat that game. I, was that was another. I, I can probably count on both hands the games that I've beaten ever in my life. <laughs> yeah. I don't complete a lot of games, and so whenever I do beat a game, like I can I can probably list them all. So, uh, but Final Fantasy definitely number one for me. Yeah, role playing game wise, again, just not my bag. I didn't. And a lot of times I'd play. I played some of these pretty far in, but I would mm. just get bored after a while. I just hit a block and just yeah. I just lose steam, right. you know. I, my attention span, it is, and Boat knows it, it's just the worst. I mean, I can be real attentive to some things, but when it comes to stuff like that, I just I lose, I lose focus. Yeah. Um, yeah. Paul, a.k.a. Hermsky, asks, any suggestions for a good Amiga <laughs> emulator to run on MacBook? I would suggest uh, taking a MacBook and throwing it in the garbage and then getting you something else and then running Amiga emulator on that. That's just my personal opinion. What do you think, Boat? I don't know. I've never, uh, I've never. You've got a MacBook, don't you? No. You had one, didn't you? No. Oh, pfft. I thought you loved Mac and stuff. I thought you had one. No, I mean, it's been a long time since I had a Mac laptop. It was a, and it was before the Intel transition. It was an iBook. Really, I shouldn't badmouth the MacBook. I'll tell you why. I, I mean, I hated working on these things. I mean, I, I from as a technician, that's my hatred. But I mean, I, I've told you, I made peace with the Mac. And the Windows, I mean, they're, I, I look at them now as a shared evil, and one we have to deal with on a level playing field. The MacBooks, especially the Airbooks, they're, they're incredible pieces of technology, the amount of, uh, the amount of action you can get out of something so thin and light. Uh, but they are just a bear to work on. I mean, it is the worst, the worst to work on those things. And that's one thing I, just, I hated. Being a computer tech for a long time, I didn't like working on yeah. them. So, and I don't know anything. I've always heard they emulate great. So, I mean, I'm sure you can find something um, on there. Real Joe the Zombie suggests FSUAE, uh, Paul. So, uh, take that and run with it. There you go. Lobsterminator asks, what is the number one piece <laughs> of retro hardware you would get if you won the lottery? Oh, good question. 
I got to think about it. Go ahead. What do you got? I don't have anything. Let me think. The number one retro piece of hardware, if I won the lot, if I could just go out and buy this piece of hardware, retro, and I'm, I'm going to take arcade stuff out of the mix here. I mean, really, I've got one of my top things, which was a Vectrix, but um, gosh, the number one piece of hardware, that's a real tough question because there's a lot of stuff in my mind. I had to narrow it down. I mean, I would like, that's not good enough. I was got I me. Mean, I always wanted like a, a, a big box Amiga with like a, a uh, with the ability that let me run PC stuff in it, you know, so I could do double oh, yeah. trouble. Mm -hmm. I thought I would Yeah, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. But I mean, really, I, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've got a lot of my stuff I really wanted. I got that Amiga 1000 I wanted, I got, mm -hmm. you know, the, the 1200, the CD32. These are all things I wanted mm -hmm. um, that I got. I mean, what do you got anything? Well, I'm sort of in the same boat as you, and you know, it, it, if I look over here at my my shelf of computers, I've got the Amiga 1000. I've got the Quicksilver G4. Um, I've got the Atari 1200XL. I've got the Coco 3. I mean, yeah, that's that's it. That's the list. I would say probably what I would like to have is uh, the Red MSX BitBoy. Oh, oh, I didn't think about the Japanese mm -hmm. stuff. I would get something obscure Japanese. Okay, awesome. I know what I want. I want an FM Car Marty. Okay. That's what I want. I will say Doug mentioned the the Fa Atari Falcon. Mm -hmm. And a year ago, I would have said yes. But man, that <laughs> ARG, ARG on shift. the Falcon, I, just, I was just like, that really took a lot of steam out of my interest in the Falcon. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think the uh, FM... Oh, you know what? I've got a new answer for you. Yeah. Sam Coupe. Uh, yes, that's another excellent mm -hmm. choice. I think the chance of getting one of those is would be better than getting a car Marty. The car Marty is so bizarre, yeah. you know, that I would, although really that FM Towns computer would be better. I don't know how much compatibility the car yeah. Marty would have. But I'd love to have, in the MSX BitBoy models, you can look these up, they're they're red and they look so cool in there. Like yeah. the, they've got the D-pad with the joystick in the, yeah. embedded in the keyboard. Yeah. I'll I, I tell you, a 68,000, a fully functional computer one would be awesome. Those mm -hmm. look like they, they have so many cool stuff on them. Yeah. But again, we're really dipping our pool and toeing in some real bizarre, exotic pool yeah. there. We're, I mean, we really are lucky that yeah. we're in a hobby that you can get pretty much what you want and you don't have to spend a well, ton of Well, I money. scored a lot of my valuable stuff before anyone gave a crap. So mm -hmm. I was real lucky there. And then we've had, you know, let's face facts, we've been... Our uh, our buddies have been very generous to us to send us stuff like ZX Spectrums yeah, and absolutely. and, and uh, 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 Amstrads and all this crazy stuff that we've got. And so I mean, I mean, I can't. I mean, I would be the last person to complain about that. I, I have to say, I've really gotten. I feel very fortunate. Yeah. Uh, Graham Vebke asks: Are there any games you flatly refuse to play or cover on Amigos due to its ratings slash content? You can answer this one. There's, I can think of several that we didn't want to. I know some you didn't want to do that we did, and then some that you've never done. Yeah, I mean, there's a. I really want to steer clear of a lot of graphic sexual content. Uh, because it's this is we, we, I want this to be a family show. I want you to be able to watch this with your kids, and um, and. I think that a lot of games that are like that are also just not very good games. You know, um, it, it's sort of like the sort of, uh, you know, hentai game genre that's so popular on Steam right now. I doubt there's going to be too many Game of the Years pulled out of that. Um, and But getting away from that, um, you know, really any game that has a lot of really, I don't know, it seems like it's exploitative in any way. You know, whether it's, uh, in, you know, within any kind of... Uh, 
games where the the graphical violence is at such a level that you know this is why they made the game to display this and there are games like that for the amiga if you poke around on the company.pl there's a lot of like really just sort of like disturbing content uh, that were released as games uh, back in the day and i i you know I wouldn't want to, I guess my, my blanket answer is I don't want to cover anything that I wouldn't play just for fun. I, uh, I'm i a little more liberal than Boat. I like a lot of those kind of more body games. Like I said, I, I, in fact, I never finished. I really should go back and do it, but I did a, like, a Amigos After Dark. I did, I covered half of Bar Games. Yeah, but Bar Games is not what I'm talking well, about. Well, but I, I know what you're saying, but I also I like stuff like Samantha Fox Poker, Strip do Poker. You, do you really like that? Yeah, they're fun. I, I like Strip Poker games. They're, it gives you, I mean, well, listen, listen, I can look at these in their frame of references to when I was, how old I was when they were released. And let me tell you something. So you're, you're going seeing, home and you're like, man, I'm going to play no, some Samantha Fox Poker. But you're Fox missing my poker. point here. When I was when I was a kid, when I was early on, right, playing cards fun, and if you get a chance to see a hot chick without any clothes on, it gave they gave you incentive to play. It's true. That's why these games were popular. You know, bar games with there's slight amounts of nudity in it, but it's and it's body, and you're picking up girls up, but it's it's fun. That's a good game. It's but just, hey, see, if. If I were not in the profession that I'm in, I wouldn't mind covering bar games. I, no, I, you've, got is, every, you've got every excuse. I understand. What, I'm not but, saying you're wrong. And I'm not against, you know, bar games is not what, like I said, look at some of the games on the company. There are plenty of Amiga games that are way over the top when it comes uh, no to doubt. stuff like and that. No doubt. And I'm not some kind of ma crazy man. I mean, like, even stuff like Smurf Massacre and stuff, like, I played it, got to get a hearty laugh at it, but you're not going to review something like that. You know, uh, it's in bad taste. Uh, uh, but in terms of more, some of the more like adult stuff. Hey, listen, it, uh, that stuff never bothered me. You know, I uh, I grew up. Like I said, it, it's hard to put into words, but I mean, it was a different time when that stuff came out. So back in the day, I'm not gonna sit here and say no. I never played any strip poker, or 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 there were games that were sort of like kicks that you would unlock oh, pictures yeah. in the background. So yeah. I mean, we it, it, you see those in bars to this day, <laughs> right? And so yes, so and those games I wouldn't mind covering personally. Wouldn't hurt my feelings. But it would be something I'd do, like, on a Amigos Play. Sure. I wouldn't do it. And you're right about the show. We don't want to put anything on here that that makes people uncomfortable. So I can just start stammering and whatnot. Ultra Mangus TCV asks, how many patrons and at what levels do you need to buy Cloanto? I think we're getting close. I don't know how much money Cloanto is worth. It, Listen, they're the big dog. Mm -hmm. Okay, they do well, and, own and, them, and they own the trademark for Amiga a lot of Forever stuff. Amiga Forever is like a, it's like a drop in the bucket of their main <laughs> business. What is their main business? They, they do a lot of other software stuff that is not related to Amiga at all. That's in like real business. It's like German stuff yeah. or whatever. So I don't know, like I said, I don't know enough about Clo Cloanto's non-Amiga work, or, and I have no idea of their overall worth, uh, but uh, you know. I would, what am I going to do? What would, what would we do if we bought Cloanto? That'd be the end of Amiga Forever. I can tell you that because we wouldn't know what the heck we were doing. Yeah, Those yeah. guys know what they're doing. Listen, like I said, Amiga, Amiga, Amiga Forever is not for everybody, but as a turnkey starter set for, for Amiga, it gets it right most of the time. Mm -hmm. And so that it, I will give them that. Yeah. Chakote asks, what aspects of modern game development do you think would work well on the Amiga? For example, procedural generation, roguelike elements, social aspects, online gaming, microtransactions. God, I hope not microtransactions. That'd be horrible. Online gaming, yes. We the Amiga can get online. We we know that. So that, that I think that would work. Uh, so I think online, uh, like a BBS style games, like or light 
online elements that the Amiga can handle. I, don't, I mean, clearly the Amiga played games uh, uh, over the network, so that, I mean that could be doable. Um, procedural generation. I mean, I haven't played a ton of games that use that. That's the you know that's I don't know what that would take. Roguelike elements. I mean, I think that has some roguelike games. Yeah, right? I, I think all of the elements that would work well on the Amiga have already been done, and all the ones that did not work well are you know like I'm for, okay microtransactions. Let's just throw that out because like. What is that? That's not. That's not like. That's just like charging for small things in your game. Yeah. That's that. That's not. I don't. I don't consider. I mean, that you could do that if you if you had an on, like if you had an online game, you could stick market because I mean, you'd just be what, buying stuff. Well, no, because then you'd have to. How would you pay for it? You'd have to go through a browser on the Amiga, which in itself is not secure. Oh yeah, you're right so, there. I don't know. There you could go through PayPal or something. I guess I don't know. I mean, you're right. You're thinking way more detail than I am. Yeah, uh, I agree. Online gaming. I mean. I don't know. It could do it. It could do it. I mean, it'd be. I mean, think about it now. You're playing stuff on that. Uh, there's online Amiga games right yeah, now. Yeah, but that's on a PC. Well, you're right. Okay, so no. Uh, social aspects. I'm the newer again. Amiga. What about a more jet souped up Amiga? Maybe? Well, yeah, but uh, we're leaving the world yeah. here, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, social aspects. Again, you know, anytime that you're moving through the internet, you're going to have to do account creation and all this stuff. No, I don't think that the Amiga suited that. However, these first two, I think both of these can work well. Roguelike elements, where you've got <laughs> random things, random occurrences that happen. You get one shot, you get one death. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fine. Procedural generation, the same thing. You know, you have a level where it's different every time it's created. Uh, the Amiga definitely has the CPU horsepower to do these things. Um, you know. You know what I'd like to see. What's that? I'm going to take a break it down here. We, a couple of weeks ago, we put that a pity a pity a game. Mm -hmm. Remember that? Uh, an OCS game that rang that looked awesome and ran like gangbusters. Okay. Well, here's what the Amiga should do. Instead of like we've seen a stream for years and years of like sort of games that didn't realize the full potential of what the hardware was capable of. I would like to see games realize the full potential of the hardware. And I, don't, I don't mean like a, an O30, blah, blah, blah. There's plenty of horsepower in the OCS. I'd like to see games that, that take advantage of and squeeze every drop out because I don't think it's been fully oh, squeezed. Yeah. Well, did you, I don't know if you saw on Twitter this week, there's this, this new demo of it. It's a game that looks like OutRun, but it's running at 60 frames per second on OCS, CCS, and it's as smooth as the arcade. There version. you go. So I mean, we know certain programmers that had a, an immense level of skill mm -hmm. or knew the right tricks could do more than we saw. You know, I want to see more of that. That's yeah. what I'd like to see. I want to see like a, uh, a remember like Fighting Spirits. What a great mm -hmm. game! Why can't we have a Street Fighter that looks that good right. and play? Well, clearly it can be done. I'm with you 100. percent So I think they should go back and take advantage of the things the Amiga can do well, but historically hasn't done well. Right. Platformers, fighting games, stuff like that. Yeah. There you go. Kate Fox asks. How big were you guys into piracy when you were younger? Did you have stacks and stacks of copied floppies or spindles of CDs with PC games? Yes. <laughs> yes to all. I had <laughs> bundles and bundles of CDs. I had stacks and stacks and stacks and stacks of floppy disks, PC, Amiga, uh, Dreamcast. Uh, I was a, uh, uh, an unabashed an unapologetic mega pirate. I would pirate everything I could get hold of. Uh, much like Flack, if you've read uh, Commodore, uh, where he amassed a massive collection of C64. So I didn't have a C64, but I did have 
the Coco, I did have the Amiga, I did have a PC, and I grabbed every conceivable thing I could. And I started off on modems and worked my way up to copy parties, then eventually went to downloading on the internet. Non-stop, continual non-stop piracy. What about you? Um, all of my computer software was pirated. All of my Atari 8-bit stuff, I'd say 90, 98% was all pirated. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I didn't, I wasn't involved in the, well, first of all, with consoles, um, I didn't know anybody that had a, one of those super fast action replays or any of those, any of those things. Yeah. All my stuff was legit, but I rented games all the time. Do you remember the first console you ever pirated stuff for? Console. The, it, well, uh, the Dreamcast. The Dreamcast. I think the first one I ever pirated anything on, I've had to ponder this, was probably the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. I got a mod chip for it that let me, I could rent discs and, and copy them on the CDs. Mm -hmm. I think that was probably the first console I ever did the copying on. Uh, and who knew that, you know, in a few years we'd be copying, you know, these EverDrives and stuff that are off the charts. You yeah. never, you could never have dreamed this in your most fevered dream that you think this stuff could happen. Right. The, the, the advent of flash memory changed everything. Like I, today I, I copied, um, you know, four, three or four gigs of C64 stuff onto a SD card. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, I never owned a C64, as you know, until here recently. And if you'd have told me, in 83 or 84 or 85 or any you know that hey you're gonna you're gonna literally have the entire Commodore 64 library on something slightly larger than your fingernail and you can play them whenever you want right off of it I'd be like I would be it's unfathomable yeah so now piracy has went into a weird area if you consider that sort of thing piracy if you're if you consider copied loads and loads of old c64 games piracy and some do and I'm not saying they're wrong uh, but now at, like that, you've got everything for everything, you know. And I don't know if there's a cutoff where you could consider it just like copying versus piracy. Some people are like, "Oh, I'm archiving or whatever," but I've never bought that. You but, know? but you know, again, this is where this is why the Amiga had no good games compared to the consoles. If you are a crack shot developer, you yeah. want to go out and make money. And if everybody's copying your games on this platform, you're going to go to the platforms where you can't copy the games as easily, yeah. and that's what the console. Well, I mean, did. the PC had the same problem, yeah. you know. But and that's why for years and years and years, the PC had no good games. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. You're not wrong. How many times have we covered a game where we read something in the code somewhere and said, "Please don't copy this. You're killing us." And right. People copied it anyway. Now, of course, like I said, in the states, I feel a little less guilty, but I was every bit as guilty for uh, the Dreamcast. Now, of course, I bought the Dreamcast after the bottom had fallen out, but still, I was gleefully copying games for it. You know, it's a contribution. you got to get to carry that I weight. Don't know, yeah, I don't know that I ever copied any uh, any actual games on the Dreamcast, but I remember that was the first <laughs> where you put the emulator on the CD-ROM, and yeah. then you, you put that The in reason and... I bought the Dreamcast, I bought it the day after I heard I could pirate for it, and I saw the price drop. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. I bought one. Because I'd already been doing it on the PlayStation, so I was like, well, heck, I could do this. You know, and so then there you go. Yeah. So, but yeah, yeah I, you've got to carry that weight, man. Um, Chris Folds asks, if you had to train for the Olympics, what event would you enter and why? Go ahead on this and I'll have to ponder it. Um, I'd like <laughs> the to, obvious answers are here, but I'd like to train in fencing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know it's a, it's a totally different, uh, tradition than the uh, than the Japanese sword tradition that I'm familiar with but uh, there's something about kind of the pageantry and the uh, and and the, the way that you stand that is attractive to me mm -hmm. 
if realistically, I would train for something like judo or something where I might have a fighting or boxing. But if I could pick an event like and reform myself, I always wanted to be a gymnast. Mm-hmm. I love you know. People are like, why are you into so much wrestling and stuff? I, part of the reason is because I was so I was I, I love tumbling yeah. and uh, 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 floor exercise uh, uh, stuff like that. I really, I'm really, I'm a more I'm a bigger fan of of ladies gymnastics. But I, uh, if I was going to train gymnastics, would be a lot of fun. I know it's ludicrous. I'm a big fat guy, but I, I always have been a big fan of gymnastics. I, I'm a big supporter. That's a big know. reason why I like pro wrestling too. Is the whole uh, gymnastics aspect of it. And also, sure. I was a big uh, uh, kung fu martial arts kung fu theater fan too. So wrestling is sort of the amalgamation of gymnastics and and the old chop suey chalk them up theater. You know, that's and one of the reasons I got into it. You mm-hmm. know, I love, but I love like forms. And it's funny, in a lot of ways, those old karate movies are very similar to gymnastics. They're learning a, a series of moves to generate a, a, an overall theme or whatever. That's exactly what gymnastics does. So I would, I would pretty good for one of those. Yeah. Um, Rushi says, <laughs> which event do you feel you wouldn't have to train for and still do pretty well? Curling. Oh, dang. Other than curling. He's got he's dead gummit. Um, wouldn't have to train that much and I would do well. Well, the obvious answer is none of them because Olympic level athletes in any sport are going to crush us at anything. Yeah, I'm trying so, to like I'm trying pretty to, well as let's. Take I mean, that I was going to say amateur wrestling because I did a little wrestling, but I would get murdered. Yeah, and those heavyweights are dead; they're death dealers yeah, in your weight class. Yeah, yeah, I'd be they'd kill me over and over. So I would probably go. I mean, so you don't have to train that much, but we would still get murdered. I right. guess. Um, so let's just pick. I kind of like what you said, fencing. I always thought fencing was pretty cool. I might be okay at that. I'm going to go with table tennis for this one. Oh, man, those guys are awful good. They're, everybody's awful good at everything. But I could I could get out there and I could hold the thing, which is, you yeah. know. All right. The Slow Norris asks, in which Slow. episode was the now famous term the gamble train coin? Oh, geez. That's that, way back. Uh, well, no, it's it's been since we've been recording the episodes... Facing the brick wall. Because I remember the very first time that you said Gambletron, and I was like, man, that sounds lame. Well, it came, it was, I called my phone that. Yeah. And it's, it's just that I heard the Simpsons one time. I, whenever I whenever I do, because I, I did a lot of, uh, you know, fantasy football and stuff. So when I had to look something up and people were like, what are you doing? I was like, I'm pulling out the old Gambletron here to look and see how I'm doing at, at, at my, you know, fantasy football. And that's, mm-hmm. I don't know why I said it. I don't why do I say anything on this show? Just right. It popped into my head. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, it was definitely probably uh, from at least 2018 at some point. Because before then, we were we were at Amigo Studios Mark II, which Hideous. was over there. Hideous. I hate it. Amigo that. Studios Mark I, which is in front of the curtain. So. Hideous green screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Rushi asks, why do you think European platformers and shooters involved the ways that they did? They grew on isolation <laughs> from the Japanese ones and went in drastically different directions. Um, I think well, I think he nailed it right there. I think uh, for whatever reason, the Europeans are they they went in the way of collection, not so much of a time limit. Um, you're talking about things like blood money, more, right? Well, no, I'm thinking something like Super Frog. Is that what we're no, we're talking oh platformers. I was just thinking about shooters, not platformers. Oh, okay. I, um. Uh, Shooters, I don't think, are that yeah, different. I think a lot of shooters directly stole from our type and That's other games right. like that. So let's just talk about platforms. <laughs> uh, I think collection is a big thing. I think uh, I think European platformers were more into exploration. Mm-hmm. Okay, again, not so much the time limit. Right. 
I think they were more abstract. Mm -hmm. I think the Japanese developed a tighter, more calculated, more more, le more level, um, more more cunningly designed level action as a, and not as much exploration. Not to say that there's not any, and but I mean, really, if you look at something like, a, say, a Super Mario, a brilliant game that you can get some exploration in, but a lot of the exploration is, you know, you're really going off the beaten track as to where and I that, thought you those were going. And those are in the later games, right. too, not yeah. in the original. But, I mean, even the original, like, they, they warp zones yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but, like but, I mean, for the most part, you're, it's not like in, say, a Super Frog, where you're going on every part of the level, you know, trying to search for, the, you know, get your quota. Right. Here's what I think. Um, if you look at the earliest forms of what we consider to be a platformer on the micros in England, you've got a game like Manic Miner. Okay, yeah. and so when uh, European developers started developing bigger platformers, they still thought about having like lots of scenes like Manic Miner except just chained together. And so you end up with these huge levels um, of just like these endless scenes that go vertical and horizontal. <laughs> and, and like you said, it's all about, it's much more exploration focused. It's much more, uh, you know, item, you know, grabbing collectibles and things like that. And um, the 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 problem is, is that these games are. It's a lot harder for me to get sort of instant gratification out of them because it's a lot harder to feel like you're making progress. Yeah. When you beat a level, if it's a short level, you feel like, well, I've done something. But if you've got this massive place that you need to explore every last nook and cranny of. Uh, it's hard to feel like you're making progress toward that goal. I think something else, and I, you inadvertently reminded me of it, or maybe inadvertently, you're talking, the Japanese were not so hung up on a, they were not stuck on a, on a sort of a flip screen level where they mm -hmm. had scroll, a lot of the, that stuff would scroll along, whereas you'd have a, the, the, where you had like, and this is the way the industry developed, mm -hmm. you had the flip screen stuff, the single screens that would go to another single screen. And so you have to, de they were developing on a totally different wavelength of level design. Right. If you have a scrolling level like in a Mario, that you you're you're thinking the big picture, and so it gives you the ability to say, okay, he's going to jump here. It pl different planning where you were on a on, on a flip screen type affair. You're going to have to uh, uh, you have to plan everything on that one screen, which means you're going to add in a bunch of different. And you're doing hundreds of these, mm -hmm. so they've got to be difficult. Right. They've got to be all encompassed in one screen, and so that gives it a whole different vibe and a flavor yeah. than you would get. And again, this this <laughs> runs into the hardware limitations, where you know lots of these older computers, like the Spectrum, couldn't do smooth scrolling. It right. just, they, you couldn't do it. And the fact that because Nintendo games came on cartridges that could have mappers and things like yeah. that on them, you could do you could expand the possibilities of the hardware. Now more. some of the platform games. Now I mean, we, we there were some games, and we're going to go. Let's go say something like a Bubble Bob or or a, a, you know there was there were some you know single screen. But I don't. I'm not thinking about those. I'm thinking more like a Super Frog Mario. Right. You know stuff like right. that. You know, but uh, uh, um, you know that's just. A, who knows why it went? But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming at least part of it was hardware related as to why they went in the directions they did. That's just a guess. Yeah. And he asks a uh, sub question: Is there an original eight or sixteen bit Euro platformer and or shooter that you would place in a top twenty all time list for the genre? Lionheart. I'm serious. Okay. I love that game. Okay. And it's one of my all time favorite games because it's got it's 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 different. It's very. It's got the great music. It's got the beautiful graphics. I love that game, so I think that would be up there. I, I have to say, uh, in terms of shooter, 
uh, uh, boy, if it wasn't so freaking hard. That uh, I, I am stuck on that uh, Pedia game. It was a beautiful game, and it was clever. I think that game had a lot of potential, but much like a lot of Amiga shooters, they're just so freaking hard, man. And they're and they're not. Listen, if you got your R types and your Salamanders, these games are polished. Yeah, and they're cunningly designed. Mm-hmm. They're not the European stuff. Seems a little more loose, loosey goosey, mm-hmm. you know. And it's, it's not a knock. It's, it's just, just the way the, I yeah. feel, you know. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I would put Super Frog in top twenty platformers of all time. Super like if, Frog. If you think about twenty games, that's a lot of games. But you hated that game. Well, no, no. I said it is wrong to put this game in the same league as the best platformers on the sixteen-bit systems. It is nowhere close to the top. However, if you're listing 20, <laughs> 20 is a big number. And Super Frog is not a bad game. Right, it, but I don't think it's the best game even on the... I don't think it's the best platform on the Amiga. I mean, we've played tons better than that, haven't we? Well, Super Frog has stuff going for it, even though it doesn't... It's not the best if you look at overall characteristics. I think the total package is very attractive. When you consider the music, when you consider the character, when you consider the, the, the secrets and the level design and things like that, I would put it above... Um, I mean, I wouldn't put it above the Adams Family, but I would put it above something like, um, oh, I don't know, Woody's World or something. But like I mean, that. it's no, it's like, for example, I thought Yo Jo was a much more oh, fun no. game. I would much rather play Super Frog. Yo Jo was an ugly mess. You liked Yo Jo when no. we played it. Go back and watch the thing. You loved you, Yo Jo. Another one. What about the what about the running gun game? What was the with the two guys? See, I, rough I, and rough and ready you know, or rough whatever. And, rough and rough tumble. And tumble was I don't, good. I don't consider that to be a platformer. That's that's something different. That's like Metal Slug. Yeah, I mean it's got platform elements though. There's it a lot does of platform. There's lots of platform in. elements in every game. You're but. going over all the platformers. You're, I'm just surprised that you're giving so much love to Super Frog because I, I was under the impression you really didn't like it at all. No, I mean I don't really not like it at all. But I get mad when people say, "Oh yeah, it was just as good as Mario." And it, no, is, there's no way, no. no way. There's no game on on almost any machine that's as good as Mario. Mario, I mean, that, but that's not a fair comparison. You're talking about the, the that's like saying you know, it's like saying Chipper Jones is as good as Babe Ruth. Right, Chipper exactly. Jones is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a international reference for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you know, or, or you know, I mean, Gloom is not. I mean, you can't compare him with the top dog. Yeah, it's yeah. not fair. And and that's what people tend to do. It's, we'll have to go back over these platforms. I, I've been watching your your rankings. I'm going to go back and try to rank these myself because clearly we've got you different should. opinions on that. And your opinion is is liquid. Let's just put it that way. Sub sub question: Is there a com, is there a Con- conversation? I think he meant to say conversion. Is there a conversion of a Japanese game you felt was improved in the European release? Uh, no. I, I don't think so. I can't think of any game that was like remade for the Amiga that came out in Japan on another system that was better. I had to ponder that. I had to go. I had to see a list because nothing pops into my head. I'll admit. Yeah. That. Unless it's some sort of obscure like MSX game that got a European release that I don't know about. Yeah. I, I, that's a that's a wacky question. Oh God, Brent. Yeah, Brent. That was Brent's answer. All right, and that is going to do it. <laughs> All right, all, man. So, again, um, oh, no, wait, that's not how you do it. We, we, we got, got more? We got, we got a couple more. Okay. okay. Uh, Rushi asks, have you ever put butter on a toasted brown cinnamon frosted Pop-Tart? Did you find it to be comparable or superior to the butter and rolls at Texas Roadhouse? Uh, no, because that's weird. And uh, no, I, I'm not a big cinnamon Pop-Tart fan. I mean, I'll eat them. I'm a big fat guy. But... 
the roles at Texas Roadhouse, I think, are superior. Although, really, I was more of a Lone Star role guy, but they don't do it like they used to, so there mm. you go. I find that roles at most restaurants are not as good as I remember. I feel like they're cheaping out on roles. I think you're right. There are a lot more air in them than yeah. it used to be. I, I agree with that, Boat. You're yeah. dead on there. Uh, Duncan Styles asks, oh, and no, I've never done that either. Yeah. Uh, do you find that you map out your year by when your favorite TV shows are on, as in only X months until such and such is on? Absolutely not. I don't watch that much TV anymore, and what I do watch, I just sort of, like, I just got finished watching Better Call Saul from last season. Mm-hmm. I, now, I got lucky. The new season starts Sunday, but it was purely by luck. I don't, I don't have time to watch that much TV, and when I do watch it, it's on my time and pretty much what I want. So, no, I mean, I, I watch wrestling and MMA, and that's pretty much the only things I watch standard. What do you plan out? Are there things in your life that you plan your year around? My year is, listen, you guys have known me for a long time. It's it's chaos all the time. Curtis asked me if I was going to the uh, Coco World thing up. At, Coco Fair, I think it's Who knows? Coco Fest. Who knows? I don't know what I'm doing, when, or when I'm available. I've got—I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow, and you know that because it's—it's the fact that we can get together to this show is—is is a miracle mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to me. So no, I don't plan my my life is is a, like a dice roll. I have no idea what's happening. Um, I plan out my year. My year is very rhythmic um, because of my my faith and my uh, my position at, at school. Uh, so I have yes. sort of the, I have this the church calendar. So it's like Advent, Christmas, Lent, Easter, and that sort of influences the way that I live. And then I've got band, fall, football season, yeah, Christmas concert, get ready for ratings, yeah, spring concert. Teachers, it's a whole different. Yeah, I mean, I absolutely. It's, it's sort of like a school year, like yeah. when you were in school, right? I mean, I, I can understand that because you know when you work all year round, like I do, June and March and July, they're all the same. You know, December is well, a little different. I don't know that the fact that you work all year round and I get some. No, no, but you're missing my point. My point is, you can get into a nice. You do have a rhythm the way you do stuff, mm-hmm. and it's 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 the same every year. Right. For me, it's just sort of a. It's and, and there's no beginning of an end of anything. Yeah. It just sort of just goes on. That's true. You know, so that's true. Which I kind of envy you in that regard. It is. Honestly, I yeah. have have after having worked in the <laughs> corporate world and doing non-teacher things, it is one of the best things about the job is is falling into that rhythm yeah. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, okay, Jason Warrens. This is our final question of the evening. Okay, what's one of your favorite non-gaming related activities? What do you got? Uh, I am really into. Um, doing Iaido, which is the uh, martial art that's based on the uh, samurai tradition of drawing and cutting and resheathing the uh, Japanese sword. Um, I, I've Very been doing fancy. that for almost three years now, and uh, <laughs> I, I really enjoy that that practice. Um, and that's my favorite physical thing to do. My favorite hobby thing to do, I guess, that's not physical is reading. I love to read, mm-hmm. read all the time. Very good, very good. Um, well, if you're looking at my shirt, CBS Radio Mystery Theater. I love classic radio. I would love to make some radio shows. We should really we do, do that. We sometime. make a radio show every week. No, I mean like uh, like write a like script. with like a Foley guy. And yeah, everything? like yeah, that'd be awesome. I love classic radio. I listen to. In fact, at ten o'clock tonight, I'll be in the group chat listening to my CBS Radio Mystery Theater of the week. Um, so that's something I really enjoy. Uh, I've mentioned I'm I'm really a big um, mixed martial arts fan, so I enjoy that and wrestling. Of course, everyone knows that I love wrestling, uh, so I enjoy those things when I can. Um, aside from that, I, I I really enjoy spending time with the boy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of 
dad and son related stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, so that pretty much, you know, I, I, I don't have a, I, I, I like, you know, it's funny. I, I still like messing with the computer uh, on it, not just not gaming related stuff, just like doing computer stuff and screwing around. I do that a lot. But in terms of, you know, I've had many interests over the years. Yeah, and well, you, you know, know me. I mean, I yeah, bob weave like nobody's business. Yeah, boats the mass. I mean, we went from the boat, the boat stuff. Yeah, and, it's, and uh, when and, I can when I can stick with something for long term, then I really know I like it. But I, I go in and out of lots of other lots of other things. For yeah. Sure. So good questions, though. I think this time around, I enjoyed those. those yeah, are, those are fun. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, once again, or if I didn't mention this at the beginning, all of these questions come from our uh, Amigos <laughs> Retro Gaming Discord server, which you can join if you support the show on Patreon at any level. Uh, you can ask questions. We've got a whole channel called Ask the Amigos. You can ask a question for us to answer. At our next uh, session of Ask the Amigos, we'd love to have uh, anyone that's listening to come over. I mean, uh, uh, throw in a buck, you're in, and our Discord's always fun. We, I really love, not to get mushy, but I love all of our Discord people. I can't tell you how many times I've been bored or depressed, and I'll just open the phone up and hit the button and just read what's going on. I mean, I don't t post as much as I should, but I, I really enjoy seeing all the photos from all over the world and stuff. It makes me feel good to know that we've got. Uh, uh, buddies, uh, and I, I consider them all buddies, uh, you know, from all over the place that are, uh, that send us cool pictures and just chat about stuff. I can ask questions about things that are going on in other parts of the world I don't know about. I just think it's great. And if, uh, if you, uh, kick in and join up, I think you'll have a good time. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Until then, adios. adios.